Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Aligned Empire podcast. I am so excited to bring to you today an incredible person who, oh my gosh, we just spent almost 40 minutes vibing before this call. <laughs> and I had to ask her, do you have a hard stop? Because I literally think we could be talking uh, forever, but absolutely. So, so, so happy to have you here, Anna. Oh my goodness, this is my honor. Thank you so much for having me. And honestly, uh, we're gonna, the, I'm so excited for this conversation. It's gonna be fire and yeah, it's gonna be so good. Oh, totally, absolutely. And I, I would love, like your bio is so incredible, all the different companies that you've worked for and the, the incredible, just the energy that you've had in your entrepreneurial experience already. And then the burnout, like what, to, I would love to know your story from you beyond the bio. Where did you start? How did you get to where you are right now? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for that. I um I've always loved being around people and being uh in community and on top of that always loved creating experiences. Like I was the one in the family that planned our vacations with my dad. I it feels like it stems like for my father. He loved creating all of these vacations. I got that gene and we just started doing that. Um, but then it, it kind of stemmed from there with friends and extended family and their families, right? And and really, I was kind of the go-to person to um, help make those experiences for them. And as I stepped into, you know, the world of college of like, what are, what are we supposed to do in life? And uh, and. I really was stuck in all honesty. I had no clue from like, you know, which school to go to or, or what specific major. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of them. So um, I really kind of sat down and I was like, what do I love to do? And I was an athlete at the time. I was a, I was a swimmer. And so I was like, I absolutely love uh, sports. And I love making, you know, experiences and memories. And so let's combine those. And so that's what I went to school for. I went to the University of New Hampshire and um, really focused on creating uh, kind of my own path with business and sports and events and hospitality. And that is really where this, you know, my whole entire experience started. And thankfully, I was, I was so lucky to get a, an amazing international um, opportunity to work uh, in Poland, which is um, my homeland for, for our family. And uh, I got to work the Euro Cup out there. And that was literally the, the solidifying moment for me of knowing that I wanted to be in events, in hospitality, in experiences, um, and, and being able to really truly make unbelievable events and experiences for people that I didn't even know. <laughs> and, and to be able to help create those like once in a lifetime opportunities um, that I saw literally every single day and, you know, seeing the smiles in their, in the, on their faces and their, you know, the sparkle in their eye when they got to experience the, the event, whether it was sports or entertainment or, you know, where, whatever pillar, um, it, it truly filled me up. And so that is kind of how, you know, the journey began. And from there, it, it just went into the corporate, uh, event, uh, hospitality industry and, um, yeah, I mean, burnout burnout was a real thing <laughs> in my in my career for sure. Uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll dive deep into it, but spent uh spent over 6 years in corporate really curating these amazing and dream dream job. Like to this day, 
from a corporate level, uh, it for sure was my dream job to be able to curate these kind of experiences at the Grammys, you know, uh, at global stages. And, um, but, you know, it comes with a price too, right? So it, it really be, was able to kind of teach so much in my career to now know what I want to do and who I want to serve and how I want to run this business because I had those experiences in corporate um, and through multiple burnouts. So what experiences have you gleaned from those burnouts now that you're still doing event sponsorship? Yeah, it's interesting because even during my entrepreneurial journey, I've, I've hit burnout. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say it. And, you know, the first year of entrepreneurship, I, I was hiding it. I definitely was embarrassed because I was like, you know, it, we lead quote unquote corporate because we want the better life. We want the freedom. We, we don't want the hustle and grind. Right. Um, but I feel like we need to talk about how hard it is to own your own business and to be an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, you realize that you have all 50,000 hats. Uh, and you're managing it all, at least in the beginning. And um, now I'm I'm someone who completely accepts that I'm burnt out a few times during my entrepreneurial journey. Um, but I also, every single time I experience them, I know now like what triggers uh, that lead me to it or towards it. And uh, what I look at the past burnout, I'm like, okay, what did I do before, during, and after, right? Like what led that to me, or led to burnout? Um, how did I get out of it? And it's just a continuing learning opportunity for myself to make sure that I I don't get into those burnouts. Um, or at the very least, it's like slowly getting better and better and they're not as intense, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense because, yeah, we talked about this before. I yeah. also am a sufferer of burnout big time. And it, it really is. It's a continuous learning experience. And burnout's funny because... It, it, it it comes at you from a weird angle most of the time where you don't even know it's there. And then all of a sudden you literally can't get up the next day yeah. and you feel so bitter and frustrated at your clients and everyone, I think everyone experiences it differently. Absolutely. And so it's really learning those indicators on what burnout is to you. And like you said, it's like, it's, it's, and you said this before we started speaking on the actual podcast interview, but it's a, it's a back and forth. It's really this this pendulum, this back and forth where you sometimes there are those ghost spurts and then sometimes there's those rest periods and, and then sometimes there's the balance and trying to find that balance. But how do you how do you do that now? How do you try to find that balance and how do you find that that where where you can try not to have burnout anymore? Yeah. And I think it, it's something before before I answer that, I think it's also important to say that every single version of my burnout was different from corporate like I had three severe burnouts in corporate and I had, I would say I'm going to classify probably two in during as an entrepreneur and every single one of these were completely different. And so I, I also just want to acknowledge that, that it's not the same thing every single time. So it's not one of those where it's like you wake up, you're like, Oh, yep. I'm going through burnout right now. And like, I just need to do X, Y, Z to get out of it. It's, it's a continuous learning process of realizing that you're even in the burnout stage, um, that you're experiencing something. And, you know, I feel like our bodies know before we ever accept, right? And so I think there's this conversation of just like really being aligned with yourself and understanding how you, your body actually function on a day-to-day. -day. 
um, to be able to recognize those signs, even the pre-signs before you actually, you know, reach that official burnout stage. So um, I say that all for me, it's like, I'm not even kidding you. I have a journal now of, of when I'm in these low periods that right before what I classify as my burnout, I like start taking notes and journal as to like, what am I going through from a work perspective? What's on my plate? Who are my clients? What are, what are the tasks that I've been doing? Because there's also certain things that can trigger it, whether it's like, you're just overloading your schedule and you're not one that can handle all of that. Um, or it could be a specific client that is just really digging you into the ground. Right. Um, but then there's a personal side. It's like, what, what are you going through from a personal standpoint? Like I just, <laughs> I just moved, um, you know, the last couple of weeks. And like, I know that my body is like completely off balance because of a move and emotions and, you know, new routines. So what can I do now in the next couple of weeks to make sure that I don't actually get to that burnout stage? So it's taking my mornings a lot slower than I normally would. Um, limiting my schedule, having conversations with the people that I know could lift me up versus, you know, the complaints or the, the back talking or whatever it is, you know, within your, within your, um, your, your day to day. And so that it, I'm just super, super conscious in those moments. Um, like I am currently of what can I do to make sure that my body is actually happy and balanced and, um, you know, fresh air, like for me, going out walks with my pup in this new uh, community and environment, it has for sure helped uh, to make sure that I'm, you know, step off, step away from the computer, go get that fresh air, just recenter, realign. Um, and and that that's kind of how I, I help balance. And it, it sounds like every burnout, even though it sucks at the moment, continues to lead us closer and closer and closer to our true alignment and our true truth. And that's kind of, yeah, it just it just really feels like what you just said, that's 100% the case. And it just seems like, yeah, like the, the journaling and the insights that you that you've gained from just knowing something deeper about yourself. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you, I'm com like, if I'm comparing corporate and entrepreneurial, like the entrepreneurship journeys, and I feel like we talked about this on, our, on the last time we chatted, it's the really setting in and understanding who you are and spirituality and um, alignment and listening to to your body is not a conversation that's had in the corporate world right or it's like you're so woo woo right like that it's it's so obscure to have that conversation or that mentality and so when you switch in or from for me personally when I switched into this entrepreneurship journey and like surrounding myself around women that were so aligned and so they just knew the second their body was not in alignment like they could just completely recenter and to me that was just so fascinating and also something that I was so far away um, from actually being able to do at the time uh, and so for me the first couple of years, I made sure that I was with the right mentor, with the right women and the circles that I wanted to be in to learn how to really listen to your body. And 
each, yeah, each version of his burnout, it just taught me something new and allowed me to just get deeper into who Anna is and how Anna works and um, what Anna needs at, at the specific time uh, that, that I'm in. So yeah, absolutely. You're, you're totally right about that transition from going from corporate to entrepreneurship. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's, it's such a masculine driven, at least where I was in the corporate world, marketing, sales, like so, so, so masculine. And I mean, not, not in your body at all. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't even know that. It, what are you talking about in your body? Like, of course I'm in my body, but it was, it's just such an interesting transition. And then since you're already in that masculine energy, for me, I was attracted to more masculine at first, more masculine during people until I had to hit exactly what happened in fucking corporate culture, another burnout. And so I really had to like, it's just in your right. It's like every burnout is going to teach you something so much deeper about yourself. And then I knew I was like, you know, oh, it will it happen in corporate. Now it's happened in entrepreneurship with the, with the, um, I guess the, like the, the driving piece between the two. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. What is the connection? What's happening? And, and yeah, you start to realize it. Yeah. And, and I'll even say like during, when I, when I first went through my first burnout as a, as a CEO, I, I there, there was like two phases. I had this phase of, I had no clue I was going through it at the time, but I would say because I didn't want to believe that I was going through it when I was out of corporate. Like to your point, we were so uh, like, I only knew corporate for 13 years. So for me, I literally was like, that this doesn't happen when you're out of corporate. Like there, this was the reason I've left court or one of the reasons why I left corporate. Right. And so I was very, very fortunate to have an amazing teammate, which I now call my best friend. And she literally had to tell me 15,000 times that I need to slow down and we need to change things because you were actually going through burnout. Um, and so again, it's just like this disbelief from that. We were just, you know, almost like what's the word I'm looking for, um, ingrained in the corporate world that you just need to do it all. You hustle, you just, you know, you go, you have to break through the wall <laughs> no matter what and break down. And, you know, and I'm so glad that I did take the leap into, you know, out of corporate because it just the allowance of learning about yourself, about our bodies, about our minds, about just the world, right? It just all comes together. And I'm kind of like, wow, I look back and things could have been so different with my health. I mean, two of my burnouts were health related to the point where I had to go to the hospital. And I absolutely could have omitted that. Right. If I knew what I knew now, back then, I was also so right. Like it, it just, it's one of those things where you start corporate so young and they don't teach you health and balance and, you know, not working to the ground. And for me, I also was on the global team. So we had meetings at 8 a.m. and meetings at 9 p.m., right? Because we're all the time differences. So yeah, I think there's just so much from a corporate side that is just not taught and not um from a from just a mental health perspective 
um, that we as entrepreneurs really have access to if you surround yourself with with the right people. Absolutely. And, and so much of it is emotional regulation and and meditation. And obviously, like you said, surrounding yourself with the right people and maybe going through burnout a couple few more times if you have to, to really realign yourself. And it it sounds like, you know, just from reading your bio and knowing who you are, having deeper conversations with you that I have already, it sounds like all of this has totally aligned with what you're doing now with event sponsorships and planning events and making these beautiful, because I could imagine it looks a lot different what you're doing right now than what you were doing with, what is it, like the Grammys or the like the sports, like global Fortune 500 clients, like, like those massive companies, and then also work on the international team. And then again, like what you're doing right now, explain to me for but like let's let's go a little bit of a different direction in terms of event sponsorships and how that's aligned with like who you are now and what you've already learned about corporate and burnout and all that good stuff it's it's really been eye-opening because i was so ingrained that the events that i was doing for those 13 years when i was in corporate were the only events that existed right and and i will preface by saying like i did every style of event you could probably imagine in the corporate world um but what was interesting when i when i left corporate i stepped into planning retreats for um you know wellness facilitators for coaches and that honestly was life-changing for me because they are so transformational they're so impactful and for like I was would attend retreats so I could see what retreats were about when I first started and of course producing retreats for clients the the impact that we can make on let, let's just call it a few days together in a space is so mind-blowing to me and I witness it with my own eyes with with clients and also when I'm at these retreats and you literally walk away a completely different person, you have a circle of, of tr- usually like sisters, we're talking about, you know, women CEOs here, a group of, of amazing women in your corner now that are going to literally do anything possible for you for to succeed personally and professionally. And so for me, that was just like this light bulb moment um, of really the direction that I wanted my business and really my mission to go towards. And that is really to be able to help uh, women to create these experiences, to bring their community together and create that impact, whether it is in their life, right? For mindset work or for their business or relationships, um, because it, it really can one, you come in the door one day and leave and you're a completely different person. And it just has created this like um, just unbelievable fire within me to to make sure that I can help as many women create these experiences. Amazing. And and when someone, let's just say I'm a coach right now or entrepreneur and I come to you, I'm like, Anna, I want to create an experience. Where do I start? What would you, what type of questions would you ask me? What the heck do I do? Yeah. The first thing I always, always want to know is uh, Why? Like what, what is it about the event or the experience and why now? Right. And not necessarily like that day. Right. But like, why, 
events in your business now. And once we really get into the nitty gritty, because there's there's kind of that surface level of like, oh, I just want to bring women together. Yes, absolutely. But it's like, why do you want to? It's almost like the that um, that practice of like you always continue to ask yourself why, right? To get down to the bottom, bottom core of why you you want to do it. And so that's a big kind of like almost like the first phase, and we really don't go anywhere further from a from a planning perspective. It's just really understanding that in, that true intent of what is this experience supposed to. Uh, do for your community and what is the end result so what is that ROI for your community for them to invest their time their money um, their emotion right Um, and all the work that they're going to put in what what is going to be the end result coming out of that experience because that is what we then plan around okay amazing and then event sponsorship how does that come into play yeah I am like, I love this. I've been an event sponsorship ever since I was in corporate and I didn't realize how much of an impact it can make when talking with these CEOs. And the more I had conversations around budget and price and investment and terrified looks of what these budgets could look like to to produce these events, I started realizing there's a way for me to to bring that sponsorship, corporate sponsorship knowledge into the conversation and help alleviate some of that burden um, in the financial, you know, column of of our of our planning process. So, with sponsorships, what's amazing is there are brands and companies that are literally looking and waiting for events to be a part of, as long as it's aligned. And and that's my biggest thing. Again, that intent not only serves you and your clients for marketing for their their purposes, but it's also understanding the intent so that way you have the right sponsors that want to be a part of that intent and that mission because it answers some of their needs and wants from a business goal or you know their mission um, or initiatives that they want to be a part of. And they literally are there and ready to either write a check or provide product or service and they just want to be in the circle and the experience because they know that those people in that event are going to be in relation they'll have conversations they'll potentially have sales um and it just it's a perfect marriage uh, of a relationship and then you know it helps from your financial piece too so it's a win-win as long as it is aligned and it makes sense for both parties to to be in partnership it's such a such a brilliant strategy, honestly. It makes so much sense. But how, as an entrepreneur, how would I go about finding these event partners? Yeah, such a good question. Uh, oh. I always tell my clients to start with what do you use on a daily basis? Like, what are some skincare products? What what drinks do you you know like what what's the sparkling water that you always drink? Um, what's the coffee brand that you literally can't live without every single day? Um, what is the brand of shoe that you wear, right? Or the, the your outfits, where where do you, who do you wear? And that is the starting piece because you want to have some kind of re- emotional attachment to this brand because then it's an easy conversation. It's an easy, I need to have you there because, right? Um, so 
for an example, if, you know, if let's say you, you wear a specific makeup that makes you feel beautiful and confident and just really good in your skin, when you're going to reach out to that brand, most likely you've already had some kind of interactions on social, right? Like you've tagged them, you've messaged them, you've made comments, potentially you've met them at an event. There's already a relationship there. So it's not coming out of the, you know, out of the blue and it's not coming out of saying like, oh, I just want your products. It's truly there's a relationship and you value the brand, their mission, their product. Um, and it just comes off being like, actually, they want us there. And they, they, they really want us to be a part of the event and not just because of the money or the product. So that is always how I have my clients start. And usually that list is a big list. So it's like, why, why make it harder on yourself to like go start researching and doing all the things where you have a pretty decent list already, you know, under your fingertips that is um, usually a lot easier of a conversation uh, to pitch into. Definitely. Do you have a specific pitch that you give your clients or is it just, hey, I use this product, it's amazing? Or what would you recommend for that? Yeah, yeah. So um, I... It's, it's interesting over the years, I'm it's evolved, right? And, and it's not always going to be a, a copy and paste for everybody, but I always uh, love to share that you want to, when you do have that initial pitch, you create a little bit of that story, right? The relationship building, showing that you actually have some kind of experience, right? That, that, that they're in your life at some point. Um, and you want to kind of lead then into the value that they're going to get by being a sponsor. Um, and, you know, those are kind of the two, I would say, quote, quote, paragraphs, right? Or a couple, couple um, sentences to start out with because it, it hits home in the relationship building and it hits home as like what they're getting. Ultimately, they want to know what's in it for them, right? Like at the end of the day, we're all selfish and we want to know what's in it for us. Same thing for sponsors and brands. Um, and they want to make sure that it, it truly is answering a lot of their questions and needs uh, from a, from any of their, you know, goals and missions and initiatives. So those are the two focuses that I always, you know, start out with. And then of course, leading into um, that, if this is of interest, this, we'd love to, to hop on a discovery call. And then you can kind of get into a lot of the, the further detail about the event, the uh, opportunities, the assets, the benefits, and really kind of get into that conversation. Um, and yeah, so that, that's kind of just like the framework, but I definitely have, um, you know, I have templates that I provide clients and my community. So definitely I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to link that for y'all. So that way we can kind of help guide you in, if you are looking to, um, to gain some sponsors for an upcoming event and kind of help you go through a checklist of really what to focus on during each phase to really be able to secure those dream sponsors for yourself. So how do you see the digital landscape changing from, I'm sure you've seen a lot of different changes since 2020 going into the event planning. I would imagine, do you see more people wanting to do events or less people? How do you see, how do you see the whole thing changing? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's been an interesting ride, of course. I mean, obviously for all of us, but within the events and hospitality world, we've it's, it's been a tough ride, right? Uh, everything just completely went away for us. And so there was this transition to do everything virtually. Um, and, you know, Zoom fatigue is for sure a thing. Uh, but what's amazing is, you know, there were some amazing tech companies that really pivoted quick 
um, and evolved the last few years for sure. But I think naturally just as human beings, we genuinely crave in-person and relationships and conversations and that true authentic connection. So within, you know, this last year, and I would say even last year, uh, everyone just wanted to be in person. And naturally it started out small. So you didn't see the massive, you know, conferences with thousands of people. It retreats were a massive, massive um, event that a lot of digital business owners, you know, virtual business owners were, were stepping into because they saw kind of different layers to it, right? They were able to bring their, their community together to hug them, to, to have those conversations in person. Um, there was a level of the business piece that oh, I feel like business owners didn't realize, uh, obviously outside of corporate, but entrepreneurs, I don't think realize how impactful on your business a retreat or an event can really be. And if done strategically within your business, kind of from a long-term perspective, it really can be lucrative. Um, and again, from a business perspective, right? And naturally, I always preface by saying it's not always about the money. Uh, I very much always focus on the, the community and the connection and bringing your people together and being able to teach and, and help them grow. But also we're business owners. So at the end of the day, we also want to make sure that we can keep the lights on too. And so there, there is this amazing, uh, you know, balance between those two that, that retreats and events now, um, as it's kind of like opened up for a lot of people, uh, they're realizing. And so, yeah, I mean, especially now and, and going into 24 and 25, it's where and how can I host an event? And it's from, you know, small retreats to conferences and, multi-city tours and you know it's it, it really is people are ready to get back and are realizing that it's like we're we're ready it, it's time to do it and and what are some of those main benefits that you do see happening for people and for coaches for entrepreneurs when they actually do have a retreat in their business or they do have a multi-city tour whatever it yeah. is that they have yeah you know i there's there's so many different kind of like pillars to to events and the benefits that it can give to you. And it, and it also depends on the space you're in, right? But from a high level, you know, obviously creating that connection with your community and your clients is something that literally nothing else can do. Like that, that bond that you create when you are in person, when you get to, like I mentioned, hug each other, when you get to mastermind together, when you get to um, you know, laugh and have quirky moments and you really get to know each other outside of just the digital screen, there you end up creating this bond and like an almost an everlasting client and community relationship, right? So if you know, if you obviously are an amazing person and you're serving and you are loving, they're not gonna want to leave. <laughs> they're always gonna want to be in your sphere. They're always going to, um, you know, trust you in whatever you are providing them or teaching them or guiding them in. So, you know, being able to create that trust factor within your clients and your community is massive, uh, for one. Uh, obviously, you know, from a, from a financial piece, there's also being able to uh, not only gain, uh, you know, revenue and income from the events that you're hosting, but you can also 
strategically add other opportunities to extend your client's um, experience with you, right? So there's masterminds that they can step into. There's courses that they can level up into. Um, you can give them early access to a conference that you might be, you know, planning behind the scenes for for next year. So there's other opportunities for you to really kind of plug in events into your business that will help the kind of funnel all of your other assets um, and, you know, offers that you have in, in the business. Um, and then there, the third part is also just kind of this authority and thought leader in your industry. So by hosting an event or a retreat and, and, you know, I say retreats, um, I tend to focus retreats around like 10 people on average because you want it to be super intimate, but even something as small as a retreat with 10 people or as big as, you know, a conference with hundreds or thousands, you are sharing your knowledge, you're sharing your expertise, you're sharing your voice. So it's creating this authority and thought thought leadership, um, you know, within the community and whether they're a known community or a new, new community that's just finding you, right? And so it's really allowing you to um, step into that, that, uh, that role and, and really to be able to have, uh, you know, people hear that voice and what, what's going on, um, and how you can help impact them. And is that a good start for somebody who's never hosted an event before is to have about a, a 10 person retreat somewhere? So I'm going to answer that. It depends on your business, right? And, um, because for some retreats are like, no, no doubt a yes, no brainer, right? Um, and then for some business some, and some business coaches, I actually tend to, to guide them towards a conference because their community is so massive and so like ready to do anything you say, like you say, jump and they're going to be like, how high it makes sense to, to have them all come and be able to serve more at a higher impact. Right. So, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's a answer that I can't really give as a definite, but I would say, understand your, your audience, understand your community. That's always the first kind of question, um, that I ask or task my clients when they first come to me is, um, what does your audience want? Like, what are they telling you that they need? Uh, what are, what are some of their problems that they're facing that you need to help with? And then we can then figure out is a retreat the right way to help that problem or, help guide them to whatever re result or is, um, you know, a conference for mass impact more aligned with what your community needs. So it's, it's understanding really what are those, um, wants and needs from your community versus what you want, which is a massive, massive thing that I see it often. Absolutely. And what are some of the signs that someone is ready to have an event or retreat or something in their business, some type of event, bring their yeah. clients closer? That's a great question. I've never actually been asked that question. So I would say understand, like going back to understanding your, your community, right? If they're raving and they're literally yelling at you saying like, I need to be in person with you. <laughs> like I need you to coach me in person. That's when you know you're ready. And again, understanding, is it just, uh, you know, your, your one-on-one -on -one clients or is it your one-on-one -on -one clients, your course clients and your community that just follows you, uh, on social, right? Because every single version of your, of the, of your client and community 
has a specific need and want. So if they're all telling you that they're ready and they all want to be in person and they all want to hear from you and you're, you're, um, you know, the, those that are in your network, then absolutely that's the time to start bringing them together. Uh, if you have more of like, it just maybe most of your, v your one-on-one clients or your VIP clients, then that might be more of a, of an intimate experience. And it's a retreat or a workshop, um, that has just a little bit smaller of an impact, but obviously, um, super, super intentional. Amazing. And what are some of the biggest, cause I, I would imagine you come up against this a lot, but what are some of the biggest mistakes? that people are making when they're first starting to host their first event. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> yeah, I, I I imagine that was going to be the answer. Um, so I'll, I'll, get, I'll give two uh, just most common that I usually see. Uh, the first is, uh, re so budget and intent. Literally, I preach these two categories or, or pillars, if you call it, because these are the most common mistakes that I do see. And Intent is in the sense that, again, it's just like, I just want to bring my my team, my, my community together. I just want to bring my clients together. Like, I just miss them. Uh, great. Absolutely. Love it. And believe me, me too. Like, I, we were just talking, like, Dre and I are going to have our own event and it's just great the two of us. <laughs> yes, yes. Can't wait. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when it comes to, like, adding it to your business, why are you hosting it, right? Like, there needs to be a reason for for your clients to have it be a hell yes, right? Outside of just coming together, outside of just, I want a dinner with you. Um, so really sitting in and, and that kind of, it goes back to understanding your clients, understanding what they need, and then being able to structure what is the result of that event that you're gonna curate that then helps them in what, they're, what they need. And I also say this, you should, you as the leader in in um, you know your industry or your line of work is you usually know what they need before they even know or what or know how to ask for it right so really step into understanding and really dive into who is that audience what are they telling you but what are they not telling you so that's kind of that intent um, intention column and then there's that budget piece and I've I always see I I question sometimes like ticket prices um and because I I can see an event and I know how much approximately it can cost just kind of you know high level of being in this industry for so many years and then I ask you know why or how did you come up with this price and literally it's like, uh, I don't know. I just, I just thought it felt good. Right. Which I, I totally understand when it, you know, alignment and energetics and, you know, it, a number feels good, but you also have to, most of the time there is no actual budget that was put together with at least high level estimates to even know if that price, to, you know, that ticket price is going to actually lead to profit. So for me, I always, um, I preach this to my community on, you know, social and to every single one of my clients um, is we need to flush out a whole entire budget. What is the vision? We'll have create line items for every single piece of that vision. We'll have estimates of what each area can cost. Then you have what your expenses are for, for this desired event, right? That is the number that you need to understand to be able to then 
figure out what is a reasonable ticket price or tiered ticket pricing to at the very least understand what's going to break even and then understand where you can um, you know get to that desired profit that you potentially want to reach to and then and then based on your budget and based on all of that that's when you would potentially bring in an event sponsor or do you always recommend bring trying at least trying to bring in some type of sponsorship for your event yeah i mean i you always want to start with a budget and understanding without sponsors without any kind of um you know monetary donation or product donation what is your all-in cost for your event because that is your worst case scenario right let's say if you you know for some reason you get no one that wants to help financially or product-based that you know that through your ticket prices you will still be able to cover everything now using that cost that expense number and then you receive sponsors now you're stepping into your profit margin and you just continue to grow that um, for yourself okay okay and then once you find someone who you really align with some some sponsor what are some of the ways that you can incentivize the sponsor to start working or to to help you with to your be, yeah to, to partner yeah. with you yeah absolutely so I I always say you know you want to make it unique to them uh and them as in the brand or, or the you know the sponsor and so it's very dependent on what their needs and wants are right and what their what those goals are but I would say kind of from a high level and normally what you see is from a PR standpoint right so it's going to be um, social media exposure, uh, sending out email blasts to the community, um, being able to potentially have them come on and do a live with you, right? So it's kind of those generic PR opportunities. Um, there are opportunities for you to invite them, for them to be a guest uh, or a speaker, sorry. So it's inviting them to be a thought leader, right? And to share their voice about their brand and their product. Um, in front of your audience, which, as we all know, goes can go so far uh, and is is very, very um, high of an interest, right, uh, opportunity. There's also, you know, if you're doing a large event, at, offer them for them to have a table and to sell their products potentially. Um, so that way they, from a monetary standpoint, they're getting sales by also getting some exposure uh, within your community. So again, I mean, there. Th this list is endless of opportunities of, of what you can really build out. But I always make sure to to let my community know that you have to make sure that you customize it to each sponsor, um, or at the very least, when you're building out opportunities that you're pitching, is that does it actually align? Like, it, it is a table to sell their product something that they actually care about? Like is a goal for them to reach a specific sales goal or is it more that they want to be in front of an audience to let them know that there is a new initiative that they have um, that they're working towards and to be able to have people understand and, and kind of be behind them on it. So it's really understanding. And again, that it goes, just goes back to that relationship piece where create those relationship, know what they need and want, then curate the opportunity and benefits that helps achieve those needs and wants. And and how do you uh, like as far as the money part goes, how do you ask them and how do you figure out what it's even worth to them? Mm, good question. 
I would say it's very, very dependent on, on what you're providing, right? And the experience that's being, that's being held to. Um, really breaking down every single piece, exposure, uh, conversation, like people that they're going to be in, in interaction with, what is that value that that they're going to receive from just that conversation or being in front of that audience, right? And you can pile it up into that, um, you know, that kind of a structure. But on the other side, they'll also let you know. Like there, there are some brands that are like, hey, listen, I had a five grand that I'm ready to write a check for what can we create by utilizing this, right? Like how can we help support you in this, in this event with this five grand? What, what can we build? What can we, um, you know, what kind of experience can we put together with this five grand? And so there's an opportunity where you can also go back to your budget and see, okay, what's an area that, that can help alleviate the the financial cost of it can they be a sponsor that helps with let's say you know the the decor stage and, and decor and then you can create some kind of opportunity where they are the sponsor of your stage like a stage sponsor uh and allow that five grand to cover those costs right so there definitely are different ways, depending again on the experience that you're creating, the people that you're having conversation with and the brands. Um, but that that's just a simple example that potentially, you know, that money can also purchase something that is already, you know, of value for um, that from your built out budget. Amazing. Okay. And so once you have the budget, once you have all the other details in place, how do you actually go about planning an incredible, memorable experience? What are some of the ways that you can really stand out doing this? Mm, yes. Oh, I love this question. Uh, again, the list can go on and on. <laughs> we could be here for hours. But my biggest thing is customization and being so unique to the point where your attendees are like, wait a second, this was literally made for me or this was thought, like this was created in the thought of me being an attendee, right? And so a lot of times I get like, yeah, you can do that for retreats or smaller, you know, smaller events, but what about the bigger events? And I always say you can do the bigger events just as well and just as intentional and just as customizable, depending on the specific, um, you know, curated experiences that you create, right? So is there an opportunity that you potentially send them a video before they arrive? What is it in the email? Is it through the text message, right? And just being like, "Hey, I'm so excited that you, you know, you're joining us. Um, we can't wait to squeeze you, to hug you, to have you experience this, right?" Like, just a video alone can really make a difference. And for an attendee, before they even stepped into the room, you're like, "Whoa! Like, I've already had this experience, right?" And the way I always want to lead my clients and understanding is you want to be able to, to really touch all five senses and throughout the experience. It doesn't have to be all at once, but when you're planning it, understand how can you make sure that they're seeing something beautiful, that they smell something that is going to, when they leave, it'll remind them if they smell it again, right? 
obviously touch food is is an important one because it kind of covers a lot of these senses right but what can you do outside of it just laying there can you have an interactive um component where it's like someone behind the table tell telling you how it was you know far from a specific farm or the farmer that actually did the prop right so there are so many really unique opportunities that you can really tap into these senses and the more opportunities that you do the more lasting it'll be because we know our senses are so 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 um like ingrained in us and so if you like see or smell or touch something it's going to be super like it's going to be ingrained in your brain so the next time you see smell or touch something similar you're going to be like oh that event and i remember that feeling and i remember that sound and i remember you know that conversation that i had and that is ultimately something that you also want to keep in mind is it's not just in the moment that day that event it's how can you create that memory and that lasting impression for like even years to come right and i mean i have memories of events that i've been to and curated that i to this day i close my eyes and i can picture myself there because of the sensations and and literally every single sense um sense that we were able to really capture on on such a deep level so that's a very long-winded way of <laughs> I love oh my god I cannot tell you how much I absolutely love that and I, I feel like a really good place to start would be asking yourself what are the events that I remember the most and what events had the biggest impact on my life I still remember my one of my favorite events was at the Disneyland Hotel it was Thanksgiving it was the big buffet there and I still talk about those massive chocolate fountains <laughs> <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever. It was just, um, and like everything was so gorgeous, just beautiful. And so just really encapsulating that, I, I could imagine your event is so, so cool. And it's, it's so cool because also it's using my my love language of being thoughtful and really just going deep. It's like, how deep can you go into this event and how can you, the tight, it really is, it's like those tiny little micro experiences for people that most people don't really think about because that's what's really unique. Everyone thinks about the stage. Everyone thinks about the the invitation. Everyone thinks about those type of things. But it's like, what are the other things that people don't quite think about that are just the micro moments that are people like, whoa, like, wow, that was that was customized or and that they was feel special. That, yes. Yeah. yeah, you're that's you just hit the nail on the head. It's, it really is. It's about making people feel so special. Right. Right. And, you know, I'll even add to make them feel special and to make them feel that you're seen, right? Yeah, I yes. think when we go to events, there's, I mean, I'll, I'll speak from personal experience, but also from kind of what I see is we go with multiple intentions and it depends on each event, right? But we go to meet new people. We go to learn and grow from a personal and, and or business standpoint. We go to learn industry knowledge, right? For me, I go to events because I want to know what other people are doing, right? And what are trends and um, who sponsors what, you know, and, and being able to kind of see from that angle. There's also of just literally creating relationships that long term will bring in some kind of something whether it's business whether it's a relationship whether who knows they'll maybe be part of the rest of your life i've met my best friend 
through the, through an event, right? So it's the intent, and this is why I literally preach the word intention because it is the core core pillar in almost every single phase of an event. Understanding why you're creating it, understanding why your audience needs it, understanding why your sponsors need to be a part of it, right? Um, and so there's also just to quickly share an, an idea to make people feel special and being super unique. And this is secret sauce. So if you're listening to this, take it because you're going to be very, very like, it, it's not something that I see often and you, you for sure will get yourself seen and away from just kind of the bland everyday things that a lot of events, you know, uh, event hosts do hotel room jobs like in corporate that is an literally you don't do any kind of hospitality event without them but i've noticed from an entrepreneurial event standpoint you don't see many of them now there is an investment there money and time but the intent of getting into a room right like let's say you have a room lock or um or a curated dinner so potentially you know you you know where certain attendees are staying you can work with the hotel and be like hey these are the names of, of you know the, my attendees that are staying here's a little gift bag or a handwritten note again depending on your audience size i totally understand you can't do a thousand different notes but again it, and it's just that personal touch that when they they are not expecting to walk into their hotel room and find a, a really really adorable gift whether it's a one thing or a bag or whatever it is, right? I tell you, like, if you do it, you are going to have clients and community that are going to be begging for more because it's not something that they would ever expect. And again, it's that feel-good moment where it's like, wow, she cares. She really cares outside of just the the price tag of the ticket, right? Or that I that I just flew out here. So just a little little tidbit potentially if you can take it take it away. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, as far as intention goes, it's really, it's not just even events. It's like carrying that throughout your entire business. And just, I could imagine when you're doing events or even in the very beginning, when you're even thinking of your why, holding that energetic intention in that, in that frequency, and then allowing it to carry through every single thing you do, every single thing you write, and even in, in attracting the people and then obviously throughout your entire event. And I, I love this, like almost thinking about, you know, you were talking about your why and what you want the end goal to be for people. And what does that feel like? And allow yourself to really feel into that energy and again, hold that energy all the way through. I just imagine that being the most incredible, impactful event. And, and with all the little tidbits that you just shared with making it just so memorable for people and so unique and so thoughtful. So, 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 so thoughtful. It's like, ah, oh, so powerful. And I'll just, I'll quickly add, right? Like that intent is the core that strings everything together. And it ultimately will make it 10 times easier to plan it because you end up going back to that one intent or multiple intent, right? But that is the answer to a lot of questions in the planning process. So if you ever get stuck in a phase of planning it out, you just go back to that intention and understand, okay, got it. This this is why I'm doing this. So this is the direction that I need to go in this, or this is the decision or the vendor that I need to bring on 
to make sure that we are focusing on this intention. 100%. It bleeds through everything. Everything. Ugh, I love that. And okay, so once you have your event, you have everything, you have your intent, you have your why, you have your budget, you have all this. What is the best way to get people excited or into your event? How is it? I mean, obviously, I would imagine it's going to differ from business to business, but maybe as a coach or as an entrepreneur, as a service provider, what is the best way? Is it email? Is it social media? Is it stories? What have you found the most successful strategies for that? So I'm going to say this very high level. It's wherever is most authentic to you as a coach, as a leader. Right. I, I, and this, cause I've also been in this hamster wheel of like, oh, you got to do this on social and this many posts and you know, you're going to get this many sales. At the end of the day, it depends on how you serve your community. So if you're on social media, like you're on your Instagram 24 seven, from a business perspective, you love it. You're natural. It comes easy to you you share your entire life and business on it, then absolutely you should be on there because that's where your community is, right? Um, if you are phenomenal at writing and your email list is like through the roof and you have you know, your community replying back to your emails every single week, then for sure you should be in there, right? So I always, it, whenever I work with anybody, and again, it's, it's very high level, but it's gonna be very specific to how you work and how you teach and how you lead, um, I can't tell you that you need to do one way because it, it, it won't work. And you're like, well, I'm not selling anything. And I'm like, well, because that's probably not the route that you should be taking, right? Um, so yeah, so that that's that would be my best advice is just understand really where where it's authentic to you and it feels good for you. So it's not like you feel like you are quote, quote, selling. Um, and then where where is your community? I mean, that ultimately is is the understand, you know, the the factor to understand. Absolutely. And I feel like we could do a whole podcast, another podcast episode about where to get those clients for your events. But I I yeah, you just summed it up amazingly. And then one question I just really want to just full circle here. We started with burnout and now we're talking about hosting your own event. How do you not go through burnout or stress or overwhelm hosting your own event or hosting an event in general? Yeah. Wow. What an amazing question. And I have, again, never, ever had that question asked. So thank you. Um, support. Right. I and, and I'm not saying that you need to hire me or an event planner. I think support in any capacity because an event is not a one one person job, no matter how big or small it is. Events are so robust. There is so much of the pre-planning, the planning, the on-site, and even post that it is inhumane <laughs> to do it all by yourself. And believe me, I have tried and it has led me to burnout. So literally listen to me because I have experienced that. Um, and you know, support in the sense, like, do you have a VA? Do you have someone on your team that maybe it's not their specific role, but can you give them some tasks that can help alleviate some of the research or communication with certain vendors? Um, can they be the one that is reaching out to, you know, Brandon's for sponsorship? Um, are they the ones that are helping, uh, create, you know, a welcome email or 
welcome you to a sequence, right? So it's who is within your, um, you know, community. Even if you don't have a team, is there a friend? Is there a family member that can help support you? Um, so I would say 100% support because it's a lot to take on for yourself. And it can very quickly also tarnish the idea and the excitement of the event um, because you're just so overwhelmed and you get to the point potentially during the planning that you're just like over it and by the time you actually get to the event you're not yourself and you're not serving the way that you want to serve your community so you know my big my biggest thing that I always tell and the reason why having an event planner from my you know for from my business perspective is like you don't have to worry about any of that like let go of all of that stress and burden have someone else if you can right I totally understand everyone's in a different part of their business. Um, but if you are in a place where you you can bring on another team member, such as an event planner, I couldn't recommend it more because it's just that much work that is going to be off your plate and allow you to focus on how you're going to serve. What kind of program are you going to provide? Um, how are you going to provide that, right? Uh, connecting with who you want to bring on as facilitators, speakers, because you probably are want someone that you know within your, you know, your network. Focus that energy, um, you know, your energy on those items and have an event planner or again a support to help with all of the other kind of moving pieces. So um I would hundred percent bring you can't do it alone. Just just don't. <laughs> that's that's such good advice too, because I would say ninety nine point nine percent of my audience are visionaries big visionaries and <laughs> visionaries massively need support because we're big thinkers. We like to do the big things and and we we need to serve from a place of overflow. And I can imagine that you're not going to be serving from overflow when you have all these little details. You're rushing around, making sure all the de the last minute things are all tied up. And there's always something that happens, like maybe some car is late where they're supposed to pick your guests up. I mean, shit like that happens all the time. And, and you and I were talking about how like just a wedding, like a wedding is a thousand times more work than you ever thought. A launch, since we're business owners, a launch is always takes hundreds of more hours sometimes than Absolutely. you ever thought. It's yeah. Just, yeah. So just really, it's, it's, it, it uh, I, these things take a lot of, a lot of power, a lot of energy. So yeah, I, I love your answer, having that support. And I, and you know, I'll also add to it is you don't know what you don't know. Right. So if right. you've never hosted events and you've only maybe attended events, I can guarantee you, you have no clue what's happening in the background. <laughs> you have no clue before the event, during the event, what staff and event planners and teams are doing. And that literally is like the golden piece to making the event go smoothly. And again, it can be from a retreat size to a conference size. Like I, I, a lot of my clients are retreat clients and the fact that they can be fully immersed in the programming and I'm setting up the next thing that they are transitioning to, they lift their head they go to the next room. It's ready. It's set up. There's no, there's no pause. There's a crazy smooth transition. And then when they're done, that other room is cleaned up. It's sparkly clean. It's ready with food and snacks and teas and whatever you need. My clients literally get to breathe and flow with their clients and and there's no stress and there's no like, oh, 
do we have this? Like, oh, we got to call and make sure the food's delivered, whatever it is. None of that is, is a worry. And um, as, as a business owner, and again, making sure that you're putting your energy in the right place, like those are in areas that you need to be putting <laughs> your energy towards. You need to be serving the community and the attendees and your clients. And if you're worried about focusing on everything else, like what else is there to give to that, to your clients at the time, right? There's not much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know you totally hit the nail on the head. It's, it's our responsibility to have that support in order to serve our highest level. And because that's what we owe these people that are paying us this money to be with us in person, especially when you're in person. So yes. it's just, yeah, you've hit uh, it. You like, what a great point there too, right? It's like, they're paying for your attention and for your expertise. And could you imagine if like half of the time you're thinking about something else or in the kitchen or, you know, chasing or on a call? Do you imagine what kind of a client experience that would be for someone that invested their time, their money to be with you and you're not fully present for them? Mm. It just absolutely it, it ruins the experience at that point. Apps for, for everybody. For everybody. Yeah, exactly. The goal, the main goal that is the reason that you're doing this is to really have a, a beautiful connect with people. And it just anything that's going to take away from that connection is just not worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was a great point. So, Anna, is there anything that we didn't cover that you think would be important for my audience to know or to think about from this conversation? Oh, my goodness. We did cover so much. This is amazing. So much. I, I love that. <laughs> this was so much fun. Uh, honestly, I think it would just be, you know, if you are someone that is thinking about having events in your business in 2024, 2025 even, um, it, I would say is give yourself time. <laughs> That's a big thing we didn't cover. Uh, I see far, far, far too often women coming to me and saying that they want to host a retreat and when i ask them for you know the time frame they want to host it within the next three months <laughs> and you know can you do it yeah is it going to be the most effective way to plan it no um and so you know i i usually kind of give an average six to 12 months is usually a fantastic grace period and again it depends on the size and the type of event but give yourself at least at least six to 12 months of research, concept, intention building, and planning before you actually announce and start selling, because it'll really allow you to have the right conversations to really be grounded in what is this vision and how to you know put it on paper and create it. And then of course, allow that time to have that sales process, to have those conversations, um, with your community and not be so stressed and try to, you know, quote unquote, fill the seats last second. So, um, I would say that that's, that would be, uh, you know, a piece that is super important to know and, um, to give yourself grace, give yourself grace. Like I, I'm one that want, like if, if you have an idea and you want it to happen tomorrow, believe me, I get it. I'm the same way. Um, but give yourself grace and allow for the vision to unfold. Cause I also often see when you allow the time for the vision to come together, it actually gets better and better as, as you give that time and, and thought to it. So, um, faster is not always the, the best, the best avenue. 
I love that so much. I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's yeah, I, I could imagine over time it comes becomes more and more aligned with everything because we're always changing. Right so now. that's just, well, and yeah. again, right? Like that that it core intention ends up evolving as you start thinking, as more ideas come to light, as more people you have conversations with. Um, as you reach out to potential speakers and their ideas can influence potentially, right? So, it, you know, as you start building, again, that intention core is so important because it'll help really create that alignment and allow you to really understand, like, are you going in the right direction? Are you veering off? How can you come back into it? And then how can it, you know, it'll potentially, well, not potentially, it will eventually grow um, into, you know, the experience that it, it truly is meant to be. You just needed the time to grow into it. Amazing. Absolutely. And last question, what is your legacy that you want to leave in this world? Oh, I love that question. Honestly, to be able to help create these memories, connections and impact. For me, like this last year specifically, I have really set deeply into this mission to, I'll, I'll even share, like my goal is to help a thousand women be able to build events that create impact in, in women's lives. And that is ultimately what I want to be known for is to these women that I can help build build those events and those experiences and then ultimately we're changing the world as we're doing it so absolutely absolutely especially with that intimate beautiful heartfelt intentional connection that you're right now building so i can absolutely see the intention that you bring throughout your business and just you know having the, all the conversations that we've already had together like the intention is 100% there and you really embody it. So thank, thank you, you for existing. I'm serious. I just, oh my goodness. We're going to get emotional. <laughs> I know you guys. <laughs> I love this. Oh my gosh. And Anna, where do you hang out? Where can people find you online? Yes. Thank you so much. I am on Instagram. I am Anna or at Anna dot We'll absolutely spell it out for you because I know that's impossible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Polish. Yes. Yeah. Us, us yes. Polish folks have, have ridiculous names. Uh, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm also really active on LinkedIn as well under Anna Grigleska. And my website is theelevatedcollective.co.co. You can find all of our offerings. We have a bunch of freebies and um, opportunities to to grow within the event space, not necessarily through one-on-one event planning as well. So we're, we're able to help support in any level that you're in. Amazing. Amazing. And then we'll leave all the links down below in the show notes, you guys. So make sure you go check her out. Go message her. Go get to hop on her Instagram. Go hop on her LinkedIn if you're on LinkedIn. And what is the, you said you have some resources. So if you want to explain those a little bit. Yes, absolutely. So we have two resources that we created to be able to help you. Uh, one from a planning uh, perspective and one from a sponsorship perspective. The planning, we created a uh, checklist for you to really understand all the different phases and areas to focus on during your um, planning process. And then we also curated a sponsorship pitch checklist that allows you to 
um, really go through the different steps to build out your uh, understanding of which brands you want to uh, reach out to, how do you reach out to them, and then how to curate those pitches. So we'll have both of those for you so that way we can support you um, if either of those are in your in your needs coming up. Those are incredibly generous. I feel like most people are charging a lot of money for those resources. <laughs> I actually, I, I legitimately am going to go check out those resources myself because it is definitely on my mind in the next one to two years for my own event. So I guess we'll yes. be talking, Anna. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll create oh, so much magic. So good. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'd be literally, I couldn't imagine a better person helping me with this. So oh, you're so sweet. I'd be honored. <sighs> Thank you so much, Anna. It was such a pleasure. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to show this whole episode to my audience. So thank you so much. Absolutely. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me.